You're listening to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast with Nola Heal. Nola has over 30 years of experience in financial and operations management for companies around the world. As a part-time CFO, she's dedicated to working with businesses of all sizes to create sustainable growth and amplify strategy. Yelcillian Sissy Castelli was a dishwasher at Harvard University when she first came to the United States as a first-generation immigrant. She put herself through school and changed careers while balancing being a single mom. Sissy is currently a technology executive in the travel and hospitality industry, a real estate investor, and a productivity strategist. As a productivity strategist, she helps her clients become more productive so they can increase their bottom line and have more free time and quality time with their family and loved ones. Welcome, Sissy. Thank you very much for joining us today. You came to the USA young and stayed to build a life for yourself through moves, a varied career, even as a single mom. Recently, putting your productivity secrets in your book, Mindset Unlocked. Can you perhaps take us back with some background beyond your bio? What got you started? Sure, Nola. First of all, thank you so much for having me here today. This is very exciting. Um, and I like to like joke a little bit uh, around my background and tell people that I went to Harvard about 30 some years ago, but not as a student, but as a dishwasher. Uh, when I came first to the United States and I didn't know any English. Yes, I came at the age of 17. Um, I, I came as an exchange student first. And then I decided that this is where I wanted to live and create a life for my own uh, separate from my parents. Um, and I became an immigrant and decided to put myself through school, even though I did not get to attend Harvard. I did. Unfortunate. Uh, I mean, you saw a better side of Harvard, if you don't mind my saying so. <laughs> yeah. <Interesting. laughs> but it anyway, was, sorry. Yeah, it was great to work there and meet people there. But um, And I lived in Boston, in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So I went to school there and uh, my first career was deaf studies in American Sign Language and I was an interpreter for American Sign Language English and Spanish nice. and yeah so I was trying to look for a career that would help me advance that it was not something that uh, many Americans did so I wanted to look into what's out there that is different. And uh, that's what I found. There were only six certified interpreters early in the 90s with those languages. So wow. it was a, a great thing to experience. But after I settled with that for many years, I kind of like hit my glass ceiling and I wanted to make more money. So, and during the dot com, I realized I wanted to transition into a new career and move to California and work in technology. So, nice. grab my kids. And in order to do that, I had to start all over again yes. because I didn't have the background. 
So I had to start as an admin and then mm -hmm. move my way up after I was in a company. And you fast forward to today, and I am an executive in technology in one of the top uh, companies in travel and hospitality and the hospitality industry here in Miami. And that has allowed me to travel the world and live in China and in different places. So it has been uh, quite a, a journey. A journey. Absolutely. That, that must have been such a lot of fun and in a way awesome to look back on just how much you can accomplish when you set your mind to it. So you've written your, your book, Mindset Unlocked. Can you tell us a little bit about the book? Why did you name it that? And what are we unlocking? And why do we need to unlock our mindsets? Yes, uh, absolutely. So as I share my journey, the times that I had to struggle, uh, I had to work with my mindset in order for me to be able to build resiliency and be able to succeed. Uh, becoming an immigrant wasn't an easy thing, especially when I came by myself, right? So I didn't have the family support. Then when I wanted to change careers and I had two little kids and I was a single mom and I had to go from being a director at a company to being an admin in technology, what? you know what? That is all in your mindset that it's okay to change your rank, your career, even your salary in order for you to give yourself an opportunity to mm -hmm. climb the corporate ladder again. So I decided that I wanted a name that kind of was a little intriguing why unlucking. And what I was unlucking is the way that I was thinking in order for me to succeed. And I did have a second title on the book, which is do what others can't, want, or don't do for a successful and balanced career and life. <sighs> and I know that's a mouthful. That's very long. But I wanted to... Um, share in my book that one of the things that helped me to succeed was to look at things that other people did not do. So if I am a woman working in technology and I want to succeed, what are my peers not doing that I could do? So oh. what is my competitive advantage? What do I bring to the table? Makes sense. I was going to ask you, please, to elaborate on the can't, won't, or don't do. So um, uh, do you have any um, examples of where you saw that in your career and you just picked up the reins and said, okay, no one's doing it. I'll do it. Yes. Uh, actually, recently in 2019, uh, my company that I was uh, working for they had the need to send somebody to live in China and represent our digital technology team over there. And the person that was trying to go was having a very hard time with his family and the whole 
um, becoming a, an expat in China. And, and I said, hey, I'll do it. And it was a phenomenal experience. And I was able to do it within two months. I was able to do and get done what the other person was trying to do for six months to try to arrange the papers and uh, get the family ready to move. And within two months, I was there working out of my China office. So that's a quick example. But they are example when it comes to projects like I specialized in very complex technical projects. So let's say as a project manager, what can you do that other people don't do? And one maybe, or as a leader would be taking more risk. Mm -hmm. So learning to take a risk that would allow you to grow faster or that at the moment that there is the promotion or at the moment that there is a special assignment, the company will think about you because you are that type of leader that take the risk and is able to do uh, things a little bit differently. Makes sense. So get yourself front of mind to those leaders that that are there, that when they're thinking of something that's a little unusual or tricky to accomplish, your name springs to mind as well. Maybe she has an idea or alternatively, maybe she will help us and do it. So as a side note, were your children lucky enough to go and live in China with you? Yeah, actually, Fantastic more than experience. that, I, my, my daughter did. Uh, I pulled her out of college and took her with me and she loved it. She really did. It was an amazing um an amazing experience. experience. Yeah. And then my, my son came also to visit. But he okay. did not, he was already a grown up. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a great opportunity, quite honestly, to see other places. And I would think particularly in that situation to be able to visit you as a non-tourist, to be able to see what would be considered to be almost normal China versus going as a tourist, you you hit the highlights and, you know, you see the, the a, a flavor of the culture, shall we say. So absolutely. Pretty awesome. Now, through your career, you've also been particularly successful in getting, in accomplishing all that you have, but keeping a really great work-life balance, but also in developing your teams very effectively. So how do you get your teams to adopt the same attitude of, let's do these things the best we can, let's do what maybe in some circumstances was potentially the impossible you got them to accomplish. Yeah, and um, that is something that has helped me also throughout the career and is building these amazing loyal teams. And it's really, um, I would say, we treat each other as family because we have learned about each other, you know, learned about each member of your team, 
what is it that they are looking for in their career? Mm. Is it money? Is it title? Is it learning? Is it personal growth? So I think the the fact that I have spent the time to learn about each one of them and what uh, has made or would consider each person be made successful because success is something different for each one of us, right? So I think that that is what has helped a lot within our teams. And also something different that I've done with my teams is that uh, when you work in technology, a lot of companies will tell you, oh, we only have like one person that knows how to do a specific Mm -hmm. uh, skill set. And one thing that I have taken pride on is that I rotate everyone that works with me to do a different role. So when I hire them, I tell them about it because even though they have a different skill set, it gives them an opportunity to learn someone else's role. Something new, something different. And that has transpired uh, very differently with different people because some people that have learned somebody else's job then instead liking that other job better mm. give them another opportunity to grow in a co- complete different career path so i think that that those are a couple things among uh other things that i have built when i build the teams that i take into yeah. account yeah very much develop them as people as well as phenomenal members of the team that that just dive in and and get things done. So how in your career does someone manage to stand out and move up, but without sacrificing your own interests or your work-life balance or something? Because it sounds like some of your roles must have been fairly large. You were trying to achieve some incredible things. And certainly, I mean, you've, you've raced up the ranks of the, of the, the hierarchy and started at the bottom again several times. And you've moved fairly fast to have accomplished as much as you have to this point. So how do you do it? Yeah, Nola. So, of course, I failed many times. And during my failures, I burned out. And when Mm. I did, I learned that I needed to take care of myself in order for me to take care of my family and take care of my teams and be a better leader. So what, what I did is... I decided to block my personal time and plan out my days personally the same way as I plan my business. So, and then I integrated both plans. So I have my schedule for the day, my schedule for my work day, and then I compare them and I respect and follow my schedule. So if it is not on my schedule today, it is not something that I'm going to work on today because I do prioritize if I block the time to be with the kids 
or to be with a friend that or or to work on a hobby that that is actually what I'm doing today so I can have a balance that makes sense so structure organization and discipline yes. and no doubt those three have paid off in your career as well so in leading your teams, how do you get them to do much the same thing so that they respect their personal time or alert you to perhaps personal needs at times? Since unfortunately, our companies traditionally have very much insisted on people leaving their personal lives at home. And when you come to work, you're at work and you hours and we'll make you do what we want you to do. And yeah, at the end of your day, if you've done your work, otherwise you expect it to work overtime, you can go home. So you didn't do yeah. that with your teams. How do you get no. them to operate the same way? See, a company can have expectations, right? But a company cannot force you on your topic of communication with your teams so communicating and talking and chatting and making it personal and learning about them and say hey i have this problem going on let's say in my house for example last month i had a flood in my house oh, so no. <laughs> by explaining it to them we're all humans we all have houses pets kids you know, relationship partners. So, you know what? We're humans. So by by having those conversations, you know what? You open up your doors to them having the conversation with you by wow. building trust and say, hey, guys, today, unfortunately, they are going to be coming to measure the kitchen cabinets because of the flood that I had. So I'm going to get interrupted. So when you set that out there and you tell them, hey, if you need some personal time, you can always come to me and ask me for the time. You know, they're going to come and tell you, hey, I need a couple of time, a couple of hours off or this. Of course, when you build a relationship, there is not, they're not abusive, right? They're not right. going to be coming and 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 calling in sick a lion because they want a day off because they know that i'm gonna give them the day off because when we need to deliver we're all gonna be there and i'm gonna be there with them so it's kind of like that um saying like in the army i don't leave anybody behind you mm -hmm. know it's the same thing with my team i don't leave anybody behind if they need the help i'm there to help them that makes a lot of sense. And in a, a, a family feel kind of relationship like that, I'm sure you never really struggled with abuse of the situation because everybody's there for everybody else. So why not? Let's get on board. I must admit, the teams I've built that have had that same feel, it, it's a phenomenal accomplishment when you look at how much that team can achieve just because you're there in it together. So that is really, really awesome. Now, you do coaching. Do you assist people with a similar kind of mindsets and approaches with any of your clients? 
Yeah, I actually I work with professionals and entrepreneurs and I help them not only with the mindset, but also with their productivity and performance. Right. I help oh. them identify what are the time sucking activities that take you away from your family or that take you away Ooh. from the productivity at home because who doesn't start a project and then they don't complete the activities sometimes right very so, true so i do coach i do uh coach people on a one-on-one -on -one, and i also have a group coaching um nice. setting nice so that's pretty awesome you must be a busy person with with having a large demanding full-time job as well as assisting other people but as you say um with with blocking your time and managing your time effectively you probably thoroughly enjoy all the work you do and still fit in your your personal life around it so that's pretty awesome yeah, I do. I still live a balanced life. I travel. I enjoy family and friends. It's very important that every day I get something to do for myself as well. So kind That's of crazy. like walk the talk, you know? So do you have any particular techniques or secrets that help you to succeed? Do you think it's just part of your personality or have you learned from mentors or watched people or, you know, what are your secrets? Yeah. Okay. So I learned and I became a coach because I worked with a coach. So nice. growing up and uh, growing up through my career, when you mature through your professional career, I actually looked for people that became and did what I wanted to become. So ah. I wanted to learn from people that have already been there and done that. So I would learn from them. And then I came up with a three-step process. I identified with clarity my ideal things that I wanted to accomplish. I want to influence the ideal resources that I wanted to attract or that I needed uh, in terms of getting my stuff done with the energy, emotional and physical energy. And then I implemented to completion, to profit, what it is I wanted to do. So that's my, I, I do give a master class on those three-step process, but they're mainly identified, influence, and implement uh, in order for you to profit. I like the eyes. That's, that's um, you know, an awesome way of kind of remembering and relating yes. to it. Makes it very memorable. So that is the really awesome. Eyes. So with working in the roles you work in, um, did the COVID-19 pandemic have much impact on, on you? What did it do oh, through, yes. through your, both your, potentially with your clients and your full-time career? Yes. So as I mentioned, when I took that risk, uh, I moved to China. So I was actually living in China when COVID started. Interesting. I, 
Yes, I was living in Shanghai, and it happened that the New Year's, uh, the Chinese New Year's in January was going to take place. And I felt that I did not want to be in the city because, oh. as you know, Shanghai has what? I think it's 26 million people. It's a massive city. Yeah. Awesome yes. city. Since I, I yes. enjoyed it. But um, yeah. And then during COVID, um, during the Chinese New Year, people from other cities of China, they Fuck go to yeah. Shanghai. And I remember, I have remembered the bird flu years before and i said you know i don't want to be here with so many people so what? it happened that i came to miami for a three-day meeting and i <sighs> said to the company hey i'm just gonna stay a few more days during the chinese new year so i'm not there when it's so crowded because we have this virus going on over there and people would look at me like, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> You're crazy. So I came with my carry-on with enough clothes for like five days. And I never went back. I got there stuck go. in Miami. So for the company that I was working for, which I still do, uh, I moved, I lived in 11 hotels. <sighs> then I was moved to a corporate apartment for three months until eventually they said, okay, Cece, with China still to today, lockdown, two years yeah. is still locked down. So you're not going back. So uh, thank God I'm working for a phenomenal company and they kept me in the Miami office where I used to work before. So I've been with Aww. them for over 10 years. So I, that was the impact in terms of my personal, yeah. uh, like, okay, I don't have my clothes. I don't have yeah, my I was going to say, how, how do you get your stuff back? <laughs> yeah. So my clothes took about nine months to come on a cargo ship and my valuables like my jewelry and stuff uh, was brought to me by one of the captains uh, in one of the uh, American workers in oh, the company. Oh, awesome. You could get someone to hand carry. Two years and four months later. That's when I got my... Wow. Yeah. So they kept it in safekeeping for you, but at least... Yeah, yeah, because yes. that's the concern. You're not in the country at the time. You get stuck out. And yes. as you say, clothing and that type of thing, yeah, you can probably get somebody to go pack your things up for you. But the valuable stuff, you don't want to put that in a cargo ship. I mean, I know what it yeah. is like to immigrate. You don't put that type of thing in there. Yeah, and, and the moving companies wouldn't take them anyway. Yeah. They, they refuse to. So... It was um, it was a lesson learning that nothing really matters but your family and your health. Yeah, uh, it's okay to live with the same clothes for many months and without your valuables for a couple of years. That you know, after a while, that's not really what's important. Very now, true. in terms of other impact, uh, as I as I mentioned, I work for a company 
in travel and hospitality. So they were, were able pretty, to stay in the roles. Yeah, so, and but, but they, they were pretty shut. They were pretty shut down. And yeah. even though I worked, uh, I worked during the pandemic for them, and it was the, uh, a very exciting professional time to help sure, part of a task force on how to go back to service uh with covid you know yeah yeah but but uh that's when i decided okay we have so much time in our hands i'm gonna Ooh. write a book and that's when i decided to write the book and launch uh my my coaching actually uh grew exponentially yeah. because people were home and people wanted the to become productive. Some people yes. were having a very hard time being home, losing their routine. And they're mm -hmm. like, how do I become productive? So a lot of people invested in themselves by hiring a coach to get them going. So many of my clients launch businesses, launch their, their thing. Awesome. And that was a great thing that, um, happened to me during the pandemic that I was. Yeah. Yeah. So you had tremendous diversity in your experience through the pandemic and could actually see many good and many bad things because those who wanted to pick up the reins and improve and do the right things or, I mean, very much full circle to doing what others can't, won't, or don't do because your clients wanted to improve themselves, whereas so many others were probably just sitting at home wallowing in self-pity. So they probably aren't doing as well as your clients are doing now. So that's really, really awesome. Yeah, it was uh, quite an experience. Oh, it must have been, you know, you probably have many stories to tell, but uh, yeah, stuck in a hotel, essentially, and without your things for, you know, a year going on to more. <laughs> yeah, there's some stories in that. So um, your kids weren't stuck in no, China, you were able to bring them out. Yeah, actually, interesting. My my daughter had said, okay, I'll go to China, but I'll only be with you for six months. So oh. she came, uh, she came back at six months, and I stayed. So uh, luckily that we did that because she was already in Miami. Uh, before me, before I came. Yeah, that's valuable because otherwise, with the way the lockdown happened over there, she could have been stuck. I mean, you know, I trying know. to survive. So that wouldn't have been good. And even adult children stuck in a foreign country when the primary reason for being there wasn't there would have been kind of goofy. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. So what do you think makes some people successful where others either struggle or repeatedly fail in their careers and in their entrepreneurial endeavors? That's a, an interesting question. So I think that, first of all, success is defined differently for mm -hmm. each person. So what some people might think that they're failure, they're, that they're a failure and they're failing 
in other people's eyes, they're, they're still a success. So I think that sometimes people are very hard on themselves. And when they fail, they just have maybe more of a victimized mindset instead of saying, okay, this does not work out. I'm going to get up and try do it again. Mm. Kind of like when we learn to ride a bike, right? So every time you fall, what do you do? You get up and do it again. If you do one career and you don't like it, well, guess what? Do another one and figure out what it is that you have passion on and that you like and enjoy. So I think it's it's uh, very individualized. Um, why somebody would fail versus others? I think it's it's uh, a perspective. Number mm-hmm. one, and and number two, I think is uh, some people are more ambitious than others. Some people want to climb the corporate ladder. Other people are happy doing what they do for twenty years. So not everybody has the same desires and ambitions and goals. Very, very true. And I mean to add to that, some people have the entrepreneurial spirit. Some people don't want to do that. They, you know, and and that's why some of the entrepreneurial companies I know struggle to recruit people because it's a very different skill set to work in a very tiny company where you've got to be willing to do anything, absolutely whatever it takes to succeed. And it's highly risky. Whereas for other people, that's just not their flavor. They they prefer structure, stability, or whatever. So very true. Comes down to mindset again. That's very yeah. much I think mindset, and I think a lot of it is accountability. Some people, you know, kind of derail and they they don't go back into what they had planned to do, or they just don't have anyone to be accountable to that helps them and pushes them and uh, help them succeed. True, very valuable. That does make sense. So in closing, do you have any thoughts um, that we perhaps haven't discussed or anything that we should reemphasize? We've certainly discussed quite a lot today. Yeah, we have. I mean, we've gone in in circle from my background. I think it's, uh, I would say if, if people are out there and they are not sure what to work on, make sure that you work on something that you're passionate about. I think people grow more and also faster when they do something they like. Mm. And and if they don't know, help or find some help in identifying in your job, what are the things you like best? What are the things that you do differently? What is it that you can do that others can't want or just simply don't do that will set you apart and give you that competitive advantage for you to grow. Fantastic. Very valuable, quite honestly, because if you can stand out and emerge from the crowd, you'll be noticed, you'll succeed, and you'll probably have a lot more fun because you're doing what you enjoy because you're passionate about it. So if people want to get in contact with you, either obtain copies of the book or or get hold of you, how do they do that? Yes, uh, you can find me at ccastelli.com and I'll spell it. It's C-I-C-I 
C-A-S-T-E-L-L-I.com. And also the book can be found in mindsetunlock.com. And it is sold in many different places, even in Canada, in all the different areas where they sell books. It can be found there. Otherwise, it can be found on Amazon or you can reach out to me through my website and I'll be glad to uh, help you find it or provide any information if any of this resonated with you. Awesome. Thank you very much. And I will put the links on the show notes page so that people can find them there if they want to. Thank you very much for joining us today. This has been an awesome conversation and an awful lot of learning about what just what can be accomplished if you set your mind to it and have the right approach throughout your career. And thanks for joining us and enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you so much, Nola. It's my pleasure. The Unlocking Business Growth Podcast is sponsored by Protea Consulting Professional Corporation. We help our clients translate their operating and accounting data into the strategy for business growth they're truly capable of. Subscribe to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify to hear from other companies that have overcome growth challenges. Get a free copy of NOLA's latest book, The 5F Strategy, Bottom Line Growth in Any Economy Without Additional Sales and Marketing and download the financial growth scorecard at proteaconsulting.ca. Work with us to achieve your business potential. To find out if we're a fit for your business, email info at proteaconsulting.ca and follow the Unlocking Business Growth podcast on LinkedIn and Facebook.